Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Christian Bible Study Ministry Podcast. And I always start this program off with saying that I hope that everyone who listens to this program is blessed in some sort of way. I hope that no matter what is going on in your life right now, that you will know the blessings of the Lord, that you know that the Lord loves you and that he cares for you. And if by some chance you're listening to this program and uh, you don't know Jesus Christ, I would hope and pray that uh, you do come to know him through the urgings of the Holy Spirit because that is the only way that you can be saved is when the Lord calls you when he calls you, you then accept. And today, we will be reading the second chapter of Second Peter, Second Peter chapter two. And this is a subject or a passage that deals with an extremely important issue that the church deals with and it is the subject of false teachers. And this is probably one of the harshest rebukes that you will see in the Bible because here Peter will go to great length, go to great lengths in his condemnation of these false teachers. So we will see who these teachers are and what the consequences of their teachings um, can be. So take your Bible, turn to Second Peter chapter 2. But there are also false prophets among the people, just as there will be false prophet, false teachers among you, they will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the sovereign Lord who brought who bought them, bringing swift destruction on themselves. Many will follow their depraved conduct and will bring the way of truth into, into disrepute. In their greed, these teachers will exploit you with fabricated stories. Their condemnation has long been hanging over them and their destruction has not been sleeping. There are those in the church, as we are warned here, who will pervert the gospel with their lifestyles. They probably have an attitude of God will forgive so I can sin. And, you know, we all know that this is not the intention of the gospel at all. The purpose of the life of a true Christian is to glorify God, not to indulge in sin. Yet these teachers will, by their lives, deny Christ who bought them and all of us with his death. Their lives will bring the whole of the church into, dis into disrepute. These are people who will do whatever it takes to increase their own wealth because of their greed. But we are told here that the Lord has not been slack concerning their judgment. 
it might seem like they are prospering for now, but we are assured that their destruction is coming. Verse 4. For if God did not spare the angels when they sinned, but sent them to hell, putting them in chains of darkness to be held for judgment, if he did not spare the ancient world when he brought the flood on its ungodly people, but protected Noah, a preacher of righteousness, and seven others, if he condemned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah by burning them to ashes and made them an example of what is going to happen to the ungodly, if he and excuse me, and if he rescued Lot, a righteous man who was distressed by the depraved conduct of the lawless, for that righteous man living among them day after day was tormented in his righteous soul by the lawless deeds he saw and heard. If this is so, then the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from trials excuse me, and to hold the unrighteous for punishment on the day of judgment. This is especially true of those who follow the corrupt desire of the flesh and despise authority. You know, we can see that those who are led by the flesh will despise being told uh, they are in the wrong. They will be met with nothing but judgment. God spared not even the angels who sinned. They were cast out of heaven. The ancient world, the world of Noah, died with the exception of Noah and his family. You know, hey, Noah preached for 120 years or so to try to warn people about the judgment that was coming, but nobody listened to him. God gives people chances to repent. Sodom and Gomorrah died except Lot and his family. Those who are wanting to follow the flesh and nothing else will be separated from the true believers in judgment. On to the next verse. Bold and arrogant, they are not afraid to heap abuse on celestial beings. Yet even angels, although they were stronger, although they are stronger and more powerful, do not heap abuse on such beings when bringing judgment on them from the Lord. But these people blaspheme in matters they do not understand. They are like unreasoning animals, creatures of instinct, born only to be caught and destroyed, and like animals, they too will perish. Remember when the archangel Michael fought with Satan over the body of Moses? The angel did not rebuke Satan himself, but rather said that the Lord would rebuke him. This is an attitude of deference, deference to the authority of God. Yet we are told here of leaders in the church who cast all sorts of abuse upon demons, even though the angels who are stronger than us do not such a thing. This attitude of insubordination gets them death. Verse 13, they will be paid back with harm for the harm they have done. Their idea of pleasure is to carouse in broad daylight. They are blots and blemishes, reveling in their pleasures while they feast with you. With eyes full of adultery, they never stop sinning. They seduce the unstable. They are experts in greed and a cursed brood. They have left the straight way and wandered off to follow the way of Balaam, the son of Bezer. 
who loved the wages of wickedness, but he was rebuked for his wrongdoing by a donkey, an animal without speech, who spoke with a human voice and restrained the prophet's madness. The false teachers that we read about here, we are told they will be punished for their crimes. They are immersed in the flesh, and that is their idea of pleasure. They pretty much showcase their lifestyle without shame. They associate with you, or at church with you, even though they are bluntly described as blemishes and blots on the church. They don't stop, they don't stop sinning with their eyes full of adultery. And with their lifestyles, they seduce the unstable believers. The unstable believers are those who have a genuine, um, yet uh, not a strong or mature faith in Christ. Uh, maybe a little background should be given on Balaam so we can have an understanding of what this is talking about. Balaam was a prophet who had been asked by an enemy king to curse Israel. Balaam, however, told him that he could only speak what God told him to. After several attempts, the enemy king told Balaam to go away. Excuse me. As each time Balaam had blessed Israel, However, Balaam still wanted a reward from the king. So Balaam came up with a plan to undermine Israel and get what he wanted from the king. And this is the attitude of those who are described here. They are, they are only truly interested in, in enriching themselves. Verse 17. These people are springs without water and mist driven by a storm. Blackest darkness is reserved for them. For they mouth empty boastful words by appealing to the lustful desires of the flesh. They entice people who are just escaping from those who live in error. They promise them freedom while they, while, while they themselves are slaves of depravity. For people are slaves to whatever has mastered them. If they have escaped the corruption of the world by knowing our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and are again entangled in it, and are overcome, they are worse off at the end than they were at the beginning. It would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than to have known it and then to turn their backs on the sacred command that was passed on to them. Verse 22. Of them the proverbs are true. A dog returns to its vomit, and a sow that is washed returns to her wallowing in the mud. Uh, you know, there's a lot to be said about this section. There's a lot of stuff to be said about it. We can all agree that uh, these teachers are totally useless. Uh, they're totally dominated by the flesh and are driven by that. It's what they are consumed by. They are not focused on living for God. They're living for themselves. Their sin-oriented talk is totally devoid of spiritual value. They appeal to the, to the, to the desires of the flesh, you know, and they turn the gospel into a license to sin. I believe that here, when we read of those who are just escaping, um, it's probably referring to those who are new Christians. And, you know, I might be wrong on this. Uh, they promise these people liberty while delivering enslavement. These teachers live in the flesh and preach the flesh. 
I think we can say that in a sense this could apply to, to new Christians as they are literally, in a sense, just escaping the death and corruption, the consequences of sin, you know, of being, you know, the you know, they're escaping being lost because they now, you know, they now belong to Christ. And so they are just escaping, in a sense, um, the death and corruption and just beginning their lives as Christians. However, it can also be those who are new to the church who are not saved, those who have not yet trusted in Christ. You know, they might have just started to get into the church, um, uh, maybe not be around some of the same people that they were, uh, maybe have gotten kind of cleaned up, sort of, maybe. Again, I might be wrong on this. The nature of these teachers is so devious that the people who are deceived are perhaps permanently turned off to the gospel. Um, they turn their backs on the holy commandment given to them. And of them, it is said that the dog returns to its vomit and the pig returns to the mud. Uh, they were never changed into new creations. And I believe that this is uh, a reference to the teachers. And, it, <clears throat> excuse me, it could uh, also refer to people who uh, who are in a church who are not saved. Um, and they listen to these uh, teachers uh, turn the word of God into a license to sin. And then they get caught up in it. And so they might, they were going to be in even worse shape than what they were before. Now, for a, a believer who gets caught up in stuff like this, a thing that can be said about them is that while they have their salvation, you know, if they get involved in some kind of repetitive sin, you know, their lives are not going to be comfortable at all. I can attest to this. Uh, well, you know, and how God has dealt with me in my own life about repetitive sin, uh, it's going to be miserable. You know, you're not going to be who you're supposed to be. You know, and when, and when God finally calls it to your attention, the stuff that you're doing, you're going to be miserable. He will do what he needs to do to try to get your attention and to bring you back to where you're supposed to be. And, you know, hey, this is a, this is a, this is, I admit, a difficult passage. It's something that a lot of people get caught up on, you know, trying to understand and interpret. And I think at this time, I think it would be wise to do a little comparison between uh, the pigs and the dogs that we have read about and uh, something that is not mentioned in this passage, but uh, but that I believe is in a way relevant to what we're talking about is the prodigal son. You know, what is the differences? What are the differences between um, the pigs and the dogs that go back to what they love and the prodigal son? You know, we're told, we are told here that the pig has gone back to the mud and the dog back to the vomit. They have gone back because their nature is unchanged. Um, 
they're still a dog or a pig. They love their sin. The prodigal son went off his way, went off on his wayward way. You know, he spent and lost his wealth and wound up wanting to eat pig food because he could not afford anything else. You know, and for a Jew, you know, swine, uh, you know, pigs and dogs were some of the dirtiest animals that were around, you know, and for, for one of them to want to eat the food that pigs eat is pretty telling, you know, it's, you couldn't get any lower than that. But the prodigal son recognized he needed to return home and his father welcomed him home. And I do remember, you know, I, and right now, uh, Peter is coming to my mind. You know, he denied Jesus Christ three times. And yet, instead of being like Judas, Judas who betrayed Jesus, Peter's remorse and his regret was true. And Jesus made it a point after the resurrection to say that he wanted to see Peter. Um, and about the prodigals and the dogs and the pigs, I believe this is an important comparison because these are two different uh, kinds of people that we see in the Bible. You know, the prodigal is a backslidden Christian who sees the need to return to their fellowship with Christ while a person who is a pig or a dog will go back to what they truly love, which is sin. And this is one thing that is so bad about when uh, these teachers go and turn the gospel into something that it is not. They will deceive people, you know, unstable souls, and these people will certainly suffer for it. Um, I believe that it can, uh, you know, for people who are not saved, uh, turn them off to the gospel, maybe permanently. And for the Christians who get caught up in some of this stuff, their lives are going to be made miserable as well. So Peter here is admonishing us to watch out for false teachers. And, and really, it's, uh, it's an empowerment. You know, he is imploring us to progress in our faith and be stronger in our faith so that we can recognize these false teachers when they show up. And um, we will conclude this episode uh, right now with a prayer. Lord, our Father, I pray that if there's anybody here listening to this, you know, and they're caught up in, um, with a false teacher, then I pray that they would see the light and know that they need to rely on you and break away from these people, whoever they are. And I hope that if anyone is listening to this and, uh, they, either have it you know either if it's them themselves that are not saved or if they have a loved one that needs salvation then lord i pray that uh, hearts would be opened and i pray that your spirit would draw people to you so that they can know um, the richness of the gift of salvation that you give to us 
And it is only by your son, Jesus Christ, who died and rose from the dead that we can have this salvation. You know, that is the only way that we can have the forgiveness of our sins. And it's in Jesus' name I pray this. Amen.